Living Corporate is brought to you by The Group Chat, a bi-weekly web show on the Living Corporate Network that tackles diversity, equity, and inclusion topics your jobs, legal, and HR departments would never let fly. With topics like white supremacy at work, finding out that I'm a Karen, decolonizing DE&I, racial gaslighting at work, and imposter syndrome while black, you may be able to see why, but you may also be able to see why so many folks love it. Between our incredible host and our guests, which range from Fortune 500 executives to academics to activists to entrepreneurs, every other Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard is something special. So make sure you check out the group chat on livingcorporate.tv. Hey, everybody. My name is Tiffany Waddell Tate. I'm here with a couple of good friends, new friends, old friends uh, here on Living Corporate. If you are new to Living Corporate, uh, it is a writing and podcasting platform dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. Uh, we are early to mid-career consultants who came together based on our shared desire to have frank, real conversations about the ways we exist, survive, and succeed in corporate spaces. Mm -hmm. As a collective, we represent a broad spectrum of beliefs, cultures, and identities, and we know that our differences have shaped our perspectives and experience in the world of work. We want to engage each other as voices that often go unheard and have our conversations out loud. So know that Living Corporate is for anyone who wants to have these conversations with us and push the needle forward on how we can create and sustain spaces that reflect true inclusiveness. Brandon? Yes, hey, welcome everybody. My name is Brandon Gordon. And we want to talk to you about the access point. This is why you're here today. Welcome to the access point, where it's part of the Living Corporate Network. The access point is our weekly web show where we strive to bring y'all real talk that will prepare you for the workforce. While our content is for everyone, we're focused on preparing black and brown college students, just, just as yourself, for future work. Every week we'll have an incredible guest to help us discussing the topic at hand. And this week, we have a doctor, Dr. Baba Shigman. He's an associate professor at California State University, Long Beach, California. Introduce yourself, doctor. How you doing? Hey, hey, Tiffany and Brandon. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody out there watching. Uh, my name is Dr. Ola Jide Baba Shigman. Um, I usually go by Jide. I'm, as, uh, as Brandon said, I'm an assistant professor of psychology at California State University, Long Beach. I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and I got my BA in psychology from the University of Miami. Uh, after that, I went to UCLA, uh, Go Bruins, where I got my PhD in health psychology. And I worked at Cal State Los Angeles, or California State University Los Angeles for three years. And now currently I'm at California State University, Long Beach. Um, you know, I teach lots of different classes in psychology, uh, like racial ethic, minority mental health, positive psychology, post um, social psychology, health psychology. And I do research focused specifically on the relationships between stress, resilience, and health. Um, and in general, my focus is on families and fathers and how stress impacts fathers. But broadly speaking, I'm an expert on how stress impacts us. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, and I came here today uh, because I'm really passionate about mental health, right? The, the health thing that I most focus on is depression, right? Um, and I'm an expert in the topic. I care about it. I want people to be better because it can be debilitating and it can negatively impact your ability to function in this world. So uh, once again, thanks for having me and I'm excited for this conversation. Okay. So 
that brings us to our very first question. You know, we talked about mental health. What is mental health? That's a great question, right? Um, so what is health? <laughs> right? Like what 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 is health? Right. So in general, health is just a state of well-being, you know. Um, and when we think about physical health, we're talking about how our physical bodies are doing, like how our insides are doing, how we may physically feel, uh, how how well we're doing. For mental health, we're focused on all the aspects kind of up here, right? How are our thoughts? How are our behaviors? How are our actions? Uh, and how is that impacting us and our ability to function, right? Uh, with a focus, and once again, I focus on stress and depression, but you know, mental health cares about, you know, once again, your feelings, your thoughts, your actions, the types of stress that you're experiencing. And so, so one, one thing I was gonna type it, type this question in, mm -hmm. but I wanted to bring this question out. You know, most mental health, especially in the black community, is a very taboo subject, right? Mm -hmm. So, how can somebody open a discussion to talk about their mental health and, and, and to really unpack what what's going on inside of them? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So, I, you know, one thing is that we all do these things all the time. Right. So anytime you say, man, I'm feeling kind of stressed out right there, right now, you're talking about your mental health, <laughs> you know, and you're talking about the way you're feeling and, and how it's impacting you. Right. Um, so I think, you know, it's really about under understanding that mental health is something that shouldn't be stigmatized. Right. Or, or talking about it in certain ways such that depression, and anxiety aren't things that are um, negative. Right. right. In, 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 in any type of way. Yeah. So not to cut off your wisdom, but why is mental health stigmatized in the Black community? That is a really good question. I think part of it is that, you know, historically, you know, mental health, I think, is associated with the field of psychology. And, you know, just honestly, the field of psychology has kind of racist roots, you know, um, and many therapists and social workers, you know, don't understand what it's like to be a uh, uh, black or a member of a racial ethnic minority community right so they're not able to accurately or provide the best care that they can give right so a lot of people may have had experiences talking to somebody and it doesn't go well right, um, right. you know a, a big factor that you know a lot of people talk about is that you can get mental health kind of support from different sources um, one source that many black people get it from is church Right. You go to your pastor, you go to, you know, your religious leader and they provide some type of, you know, mental health service to you or support for you. So that might be one one reason why there's kind of this stigma against it. Right. Because, well, I, I don't need to go to those people. Right. Uh, people are going to think I'm crazy if they find out I have a therapist. Right. Or a psychiatrist. Right. And you don't want to be crazy. You know. I'm definitely team therapy and have mm -hmm. been for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, I had the happy incident, I'll say, of attending a college where uh, the counseling resources on campus were highlighted. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say it was normalized among all of my friends, but it kind of seemed normal enough at the time to at mm -hmm. least try it out and it was available for free. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the folks uh, tuning in tonight and listening are either in college right now or they're about to graduate. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or they may have recently graduated. So what mm -hmm. steps do you think college students and recent grads need to keep in mind when it comes to prioritizing their mental health and wellness? Like, what does that look like? Is there an action plan you encourage people to start with? 
Right. Um, you know, so I think when you're when you care about your mental health, right? I think first is you have to understand that your mental health is your responsibility, right? Like your health is 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 on you, right? Things that happen to you are not your fault, but it's your responsibility to figure out how you're going to handle it, how you're going to deal with it, how you're going to move forward. Um, so it's very important that people recognize that. Two, um, mental health is a part of your health. You know, so if you have a heart attack, right, you're not about to go into work the next day and say, oh, you know, I had a heart attack, but I got to go to work right now. Nah, same thing. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, you need to take time to heal. Right. And, and you know, take the efforts to, to make yourself feel better if that is therapy. Right. Um, there's lots of other strategies, you know, you can use. And we'll talk about that probably a little bit later on. Um, but, you know, it's, it's part of your, it's part of your health. Right. And recognize that as important. That, that's part of the first step, recognizing that, you know, this is something that's really important um, Two, um, your mental health and your physical health are connected. <laughs> so this is another big part of, uh, you know, when you're stressed out, sometimes you might get headaches. Sometimes your stomach hurts. Right. That's a, just a quick little example of the different ways. Right. Um, some people after they have a big test. Right. They've been studying for it for weeks. Then they get sick. Right. That's a part of your body getting you ready. Right. They're like, OK, I'm, I'm going to get you ready for this big thing. But after that, you're, I'm t my body's tired. Right. So recognize that these things are um, intimately connected. Last. Knowing that if you don't attend to your mental health, the rest of, you know, your life will not be as good as it could be. Right. You're not living your optimal life. You know, if you are not working on the depression, right? Not necessarily the depression itself, right? But it's that you're taking the steps to handle how you're feeling, handle the types of different stresses that you're experiencing in your life. Okay, that's for real. I think it's it mm -hmm. might be a little hard for some people to hear that your mental health is your responsibility mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it does often feel like things are happening to us or, mm -hmm. you know, school is supposed to be stressful, work is supposed to be stressful, but it's not must be doing something wrong. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about like, how do you categorize stress? Is, is that even a fair question, right? Like is stress always bad? How do you know you're teetering into too much stress? Like mm -hmm. what does that look like and how can people start to assess that for themselves? That is a great question, right? So stress, <laughs> You know, I, I have my PhD in health psychology. I study stress. Like I, we, I could go on a dissertation and talk about this for you know hours and hours. Okay, um, but generally, stress can be three different types of things. All right, if I'm going to break this down, okay, stress can be a stressor, something that stresses you out. Right, so like, ooh, you know, I have a test. That's a stressor. Um, I got in a car accident today. I got a stressor. Oh, there was traffic. That's a stressor. Things that stress you out. Stress can be a response, right? So something happens to you. Now I'm feeling kind of flushed. I'm feeling sweaty. You know, I'm, my heart's beating kind of fast. There's a stressor. Um, and then there's stressor that depends in, in essence, right? So the same things that stress me out are not going to be the same things that stress you out are not going to be the same things that stress somebody else out, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love roller coasters. My wife doesn't like roller coasters, right? <laughs> you know, so I, so she's going to be stressed. I'm going to be excited, you know? 
Um, so in general, those those are kind of different ways to, to think about it, right? Um, and even further, there's stresses in different domains of your life, you know? So you can have stress in your relationship. Um, you can have stress at school. That That's a big one. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of research showing that college students right now are more stressed than they've ever been. Yeah, it's that's so fact. It's more stressed than they've ever been. And their mental health is suffering as a result of it. You know, um, there have far, far higher rates of suicidal ideation, far, far higher rates of serious psychological distress, distress right now, far, far higher rates of depression and anxiety than, you know, years before. So it's, it's really affecting them, right? The types of stress that you're experiencing in the academic environment, uh, be it, you know, test, work, um, a pandemic happening right now <laughs> that's making all these things so much harder, you know? Um, you know, another one that, you know, and this is kind of what we talk about a lot is job stress, right? The, the stress that comes from working in a job and the kind of different things that you'll experience in work. You know, at the end of the day, stress is a part of our lives. You know, mm -hmm. it is a part of our lives. But if it's becoming to the point where it's impacting your ability to live the life that you want, right, or do the things that you normally do, then that might be the time to say, you know, I think I should do something about it. Okay, so I have a question. So well, I, was, I was having a conversation with my wife earlier about, about stress and really taking mental breaks, right? So mm -hmm. how often should you take a mental break from life? How often should you just really just turn your brain off and just go on cruise control and just let, really let stress get out your system and get out your body, get away from stressful situations to make yourself better? You know, I I, I would say that we're probably not doing it enough. Whatever, whatever amount that, you know, we're probably doing right now is probably not enough. You know, how much, you know, it, once again, it depends on everybody, right? And the, and the different levels of stressors that you're experiencing, right? Um, but I would say that it's important. I, I, I don't think weekends are enough. I'll say that. <laughs> you know, you work for five days and then you have two days a weekend. And that, I don't think that's enough time to recharge, right? Um, but, you know, you should take it when you need it. I think that's 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 really it. Like when you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, like life goes on without you, right? Your your workplace will continue without you. School will go on without you, right? You need to make time to for yourself, right? Whatever right. that mental break is, for everybody it's different, but you got to make that time for yourself. And 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 dealing with mental and mental health and stress, I've, I've mm -hmm. noticed this uptick in drug usage, especially in in our community, not just the black community, but in our uh -huh. community. Uh -huh. So how how does drug usage in in this, in this chemical dependence and the, what type of drug you're using how does it affect you in your mental health and stress level? Oh boy, that that is a really good point. So as you said, there's a lot of research showing that during this pandemic, um, drug and alcohol use has skyrocketed. <laughs> you know, all across the country, right? Um, and you know, one reason why is that a lot of people view drugs and alcohol as a means of coping with different types of stress, right? Uh, but the reality is it does not make you feel better, <laughs> you know, especially long-term drug use, right? It does not make you feel better. In fact, alcohol itself is a depressant, you know, it makes you feel depressed, right? Um, you know, marijuana use, long-term marijuana use, it'll have you feeling chronically fatigued, right? Um, you know, these other types of drugs, right? They're more than anything, they cause more problems than they're solving, right? Like, oh, I was feeling stressed at work today. You know, I'm going to do this, you know, do this substance, whatever. Sure, in that, like, 
little gap of time, you might feel better, right? But work's still going to be there, <laughs> right? The next day, the week after, the month after, work's still going to be there. You're going to have those stresses. You have to find a more constructive way to, to manage it, you know, because uh, the chronic drug use and the chronic alcohol use, you know, will leave you with a dependency, right? That impacts you, makes you, makes you feel bad. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. That's heavy yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think definitely for the college crowd, for sure, mm -hmm. sometimes that is the first time, like that two, four, six years of time mm -hmm. in college uh, might be the time that you are experimenting with different substances or trying to figure it out. And by mm -hmm. it, I mean everything, your life mm -hmm. as a adult out here on your own uh, in some capacity. And so, um, I think that's really, that's heavy. Um, how do boundaries around or creating boundaries around your work and personal life play into this conversation about protecting your mental health? Absolutely. That, 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 um, that is so important, right? So, you know, the reality is work, work is a part of all of our lives, right? We you know we all need to eat. <laughs> we all got to pay our rent, our mortgage, right? So I, I, I understand that. Um, you know, and we all don't have jobs that we could, I mean, who, not many people have jobs that they could just leave at any time, right? You know, um, but so wherever you are, it's important that you make the space to create those healthy boundaries for you, right? Um, so I'll tell you a quick little story, okay? You know, I'm married, my wife, she just got her PhD this year. Um, congrats, right? Um, I, ha I have two sons, okay? A five-year-old and two-year-old. So um, my son's first birthday, Okay, my, my son's first birthday uh, at his little daycare, they were going to have like a little party. Right. Um, but I had some work thing and I was like, ah, I can't really go to this little thing. Uh, you know, I have to go to work. Right. Um, you know, to this day, I don't even remember what that work thing was. Right. But I know I didn't get to go to my son's first birthday. You know, a, a, a more important event. Right. A, a much more powerful thing. Right. And I, I don't even remember what the work thing was. You know, I remember what the school thing was. I felt like it was the biggest thing and I had to do it. Um, so it's important to develop those boundaries around your life because, you know, your life continues. Your work, your work is just a part of you, you know. Um, so how do you do that? Well, first, I always want to point out it's the responsibility of the workplace to do these things first, right? And to make sure that they have healthy employees. So I always want to start off with the, the structural issues, right, of, you know, the structure needs to be in place to make sure that employees can be healthy, right? You don't want to um, encourage a type of culture that has people overworked, overloaded, super stressed out, um, a lot of conflict in the workplace. You know, you don't want to have that. But with that being said, you know, you want to be, how do I say this? You have to set those boundaries for yourself still. Right. Um, and whatever that means for you, you know, because everybody is different. Uh, some people really like their work and they want to spend all their weekends working. Right. And who am I to tell you, nah, you shouldn't do that. Right. Nah, if that's what you want to do, if that brings you joy, great. Right. But, you know, outside of that, you have to be able to put your phone down. Right. Put your email away um, and get to it next morning because it'll still be there, right? The, the world doesn't, you know, revolve around us, right? As much as people try to convince us that it does, right? Um, and, you know, thinking about the office space, right? There's the office space. 
and the structure of the office. So making sure that people feel that they have enough hours to work, um, that they have flexibility in their work, um, and then that they have the ability to schedule the work in a time that's important for them or good for them. Uh, and then the psychological aspect of the work, which is making sure the work fits your pace, um, making sure that the workplace is managing different conflicts that may occur between people, um, and you know, making sure that it's a workspace that people can feel positive at, right? That that it's a space where there's not like negative moods going on, right? It's a positive space. Um, so all those things are important for encouraging, uh, I think, a healthy workplace. Facts. That's good stuff. Uh -huh. We had a mm -hmm. guest weeks ago uh, that really dug into this concept of boundaries. And one of the things that definitely has stuck with me since that conversation is the idea that, you know, people at work are not your friends. You might make friends there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we talked a bit about how creating boundaries between work and home can often be a healthy practice because if you're mm -hmm. looking for everything at work to fulfill you or every relationship at work to take the place of the ones you have outside mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and something goes south, then you're like, you still got to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you <Right>. like, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, so that's, uh, that's good. I love how you kind of broke down like first structurally the, the company or the organization really mm -hmm. is responsible for creating an environment mm -hmm. where people can prioritize their health and wellness. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. uh, that's huge. And I think we are long overdue for a paradigm mm -hmm. shift related mm -hmm. yes. to this. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, so, and there's a lot of research showing, you know, that even workers who feel better do better. Right. So it, it, so even if you're a boss and, you know, you only care about making money and doing fine. Right. Hope, hopefully you care about people. But if you only care about making money, the better you treat your people, the more money you'll make. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so also th there's a re that's a reason to do it. So. Oh, go ahead, Brandon. Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't want to cut your wisdom. Go ahead. How has COVID-19 and the fact that we, I mean, we've, we've definitely talked about it a little bit tonight, but we're in a whole pandemic right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how, in what ways do you think that COVID-19 has affected this conversation around mental health and working professionals? Mm -hmm. That, that is a, you know, it, 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 it so depends. Right. Like it, it so depends on the job you're working and the field you're in. I mean, but, you know, I, I mean, COVID-19 has changed everything just, just generally. <laughs> right. It's changed everything. You know, there are a lot of workplaces that were in person. They moved to online. They're probably not going to go back to in person. <laughs> right. You know, or they'll go back to in person three days a week, two days a week. Right. So it, it's definitely changed that. You know, the fact of the matter is this is an ongoing pandemic that has killed over 230,000 people, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and there's no end in sight, you know? And in fact, it's getting worse right now, right? Um, right? So, you know, we're thinking about that, like think about how many people have lost people, right? To this, you know, in, in, in this country, right? Think about how many people have lost people um, and they only got to see them through Zoom, right? The last time they got to see them was through a, was through a FaceTime. Right. And then they weren't even able to have an actual funeral. They had to have a Zoom funeral because you're not allowed to get together. Right. De depending on where you are. You know, um, those things impact our health. Like 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 seriously. Right. Grief. It, 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 it's something like there, there aren't even words to really describe what, what that grief feels like and how it impacts you. But it it, it does like deeply. Right. Um, and I hope that workplaces are being 
amenable to understanding that like you know this is really happening right um you know i'm i'm a, I'm a college professor and i have students all the time you know who've told me oh i lost my grandfather i lost my mother i lost my father and the 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 only thing i could do is be flexible for them right you know right. and and care about them as people you know um a big uh, you know one big thing is that a lot of people never stop going to work there are people who never miss a single day of work <laughs> in, in the midst of all this right um and how how is that for them right like they have to go to work they have to wear masks they have to wear gloves they're by themselves you know i i don't know how that's impacting them right there are people who've lost their jobs millions and millions of people who've lost their jobs you know and that's definitely something that impacts your mental health okay uh because you're not able to provide if you have a family you're not necessarily able to provide for your family you know you're not able to provide for yourself you're not able to do the things you need to do right and especially if your job is something that you kind of wrapped your worth in right and and now it's gone right like that Oof, you know that that impacts us you know um you know a, a big big part um i like like i said i'm a father i have two kids people have kids and schools are not open <laughs> right yes yes <laughs> speak on it speak on it yes <laughs> you know uh people have kids and schools are not open. Right. And listen, I love my kids. Okay. I want to be very clear. I love my kids. Okay. I never imagined spending this much time with them in my entire life, <laughs> you know, uh, and hopefully once again, workplaces are amenable to the fact that we're human beings, right. Who have real lives. And my kid, my, one of my kids has a zoom class here. One of my kids has a zoom class here. So hopefully you understand that. We're not going to be as flexible. We're not. Uh, they need to be more flexible, mm -hmm. right? Much, much more flexible, right? Because this is really, um, this is real life, um, you know. Yeah, um, and at least in my field of academia, I feel like many people or many institutions are being more flexible, you know, in a lot of ways for students and for, you know, faculty. So, you know, we have a tenure clock, you get tenure after a certain amount of years. A lot of universities have said they're gonna stop the clock because they know that our work is impacted at this time, right? So being aware of that. So it, it really depends on the on the workspace, you know, but no matter what, this is all impacting us, you know, very, very deeply. Right. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So another question we can ask is, shit, you share or provide resources for college students and recent grads who are interested in centering their mental health and wellness now? Absolutely. So two places that I will start, okay, is Whole Brother Mission, okay? It's an organization that provides um, some mental health care for Black men in particular, okay? So first there's Whole Brother Mission, which provides, um, you know, access to some free therapy sessions for black men in particular. Um, and, you know, in general, men really need to go to therapy, but particularly black men, so that's important. Um, and then therapy for black girls, uh, same thing, except for black women, right? Um, so these are two places that I will absolutely start, you know, always. Um, you know, outside of that, I, I always wanna be aware that not everybody has access to therapy, okay? That, that is important. But there are things you can do for yourself, okay, that can make you feel better, right? So first, um, get some sleep, okay? Mm -hmm. 
So like sleep is one of the linchpins of our lives. And I don't think we treat it as, as importantly as we should. Right. So make sure you get some sleep. Okay. Cause that definitely impacts your ment mental health and physical health. So make sure you get some sleep Two, um, do your best to avoid drugs and alcohol. Okay. Cause once again, you know, oftentimes people use these as coping mechanisms, but they don't actually work as as positive coping mechanisms, right? They're not necessarily going to make you feel better, right? Later on, right? Maybe in the moment they might, but long-term, you know, that drug use is, and alcohol use is not going to be good for you. Um, three, if you can, try to get some physical activity or exercise in, you know, as, as just things that help you, right? A lot, a lot of research has shown these are things that just help you feel better. Get an exercise. It's um, able to reduce levels of depression, reduce levels of um, anxiety, and generally make you feel better. And same thing with diet. You know, make sure you're trying to eat eat as well as you can, right? Once again, I know these are not all of these are not necessarily accessible to everybody. You know, but um, just do your best. Yeah. So we have a question, and mm -hmm. and it's actually my question. So mm -hmm. you brought up that. Um, you know about therapy. We always talk about get a therapist, get a therapist, get a therapist. What if those individuals can't get a therapist? Who should you consult to help with your mental health? That is a really <laughs> good question. Because right? I, I, I know as a, as a young young lad, as such as myself, I consult with very close confidants, very close friends. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandmother was like my therapist, and so we talked about literally everything. Mm -hmm. And once I once she passed and it was it was hard to find that person I could really trust mm -hmm. to to have those, those deep conversations with to really unpack those mental issues that I was having. So mm -hmm. should, should you find a, a, a close friend, close confidant? Or I, person, me personally, I don't believe your therapist should also be your spouse. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is you don't want to unpack all your issues onto your spouse and then who's your spouse gonna unpack their issues on you know you can't be back on you because now you're just back and forth deflecting the energy and it's not go, it's right. not dissipating anywhere so right. i personally feel that spouses should, should be off limits when it comes to therapy and mental health because they're gonna need therapy based on everything that you can tell them mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so who so my question is who should you consult who should you trust with this information to help you out you know, I think I think once again, for a lot of people, they do use their religious communities. Right. Uh, you know, you're a pastor and that that can be very helpful. So I, I don't want to make it sound like that's not necessarily a good thing. Use that if that's available to you. Right. Like if, if you need that. And, you know, particularly if your faith is important to you, as as is the case for many uh, black people in the country. Right. Um, do that. Right. Talk to a talk to a, a a pastor or a priest. Um, you know, I think the point you made about having confidants is so important. Okay. So that's just social support, right? Having support from your friends, your family, you know, people around you, right? Um, make sure you're able to do that. Make sure you have somebody that you can talk to. That is easier said than done, of course, right? Um, and it takes a level of vulnerability, right, with 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 another person to be able to do that. But you know, something is better than nothing, right? Uh, and one thing that's important is lots of times it is important to just have people in your life that you can talk to. 
you know, just, just somebody you can call on when when you're feeling stressed, when you need them, right? Somebody to talk you down the ledge, right? Like that just that just can't be understated, you know? Um, I, obviously, I, I like, you know, you made the point of your partner shouldn't be a therapist. The only person who should be your therapist is your therapist, right? Because they've sure. been trained in, in that, you know, like nobody else should be your doctor, right? Same thing, but, um, you know, I, it's just social, social support's important. Social support's important. And, you know, for, for myself, I, I feel lucky that I have a strong social support, you know, community. I have my, I have my family, I have my friends, I have my wife, you know, I have every, everything that I could use. Right. And I still have a therapist, <laughs> right. Somebody I can talk to, 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 to help me, you know, when I'm dealing with, you know, my own types of issues. Yeah. So I, I have a question about therapists, right? So does the therapist need a therapist? So, uh, so therapists need to go to therapists who see therapists. They can't just go to any therapist, right? So there are therapists who specialize in treating therapists, right? Because like, I know all the tricks of the trade, right? Like I could kind of play with you in certain ways if I'm, so I want to be clear, I'm not a therapist, I'm a researcher, right? Right, okay. So, um, you know, if I'm a therapist talking to another therapist, I know all the tricks to the trade that they're going to use, right? Per, per, depending on if we're using the same modality and blah, blah, blah. So it's, so there are therapists who specialize in treating therapists because they're able to see kind of past all the BS, right? <laughs> Cause they specialize in it. Yeah. So ma many therapists do see therapists, right? Because I mean, think about what they hear all day, <laughs> right? You know, they oh, hear some, some pretty messy deep, stuff. Some deep stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I think that's huge. Yeah. Talk about coaches need coaches. I mean, every, whatever profession you're talking about mm -hmm. or experience, those people also still need support, right? Like they're right. human beings or having a lived experience and, particularly if you're in human services, you definitely need a strong support network, even when right. you know contextually and textbook wise coping mechanisms, you still, Absolutely. you still need support, right? So that's huge. Uh, someone right. in the chat uh, said, your pastor is great, but if they're not trained and certified, they can find a trained and certified, ther certified therapist that is uh, of your same faith. Yes, that, that's very true. You know, once again, you know, everybody doesn't have access to everything, right? But there are therapists who are Christian-based therapists, right? So if you're a Christian and you want to see somebody who will integrate faith into, you know, your treatment, that is like, you know, that's perfect, right? Because that fits into your life, right? Um, yeah. And, and also, this is another thing. If you have insurance, depending on your insurance, you may have, you may also have access to therapy. Right. So that's something that you may want to check, you know, your insurance plan or your book it about to see if you have it. That's important. Definitely critical. I, I think that's something that especially for those of us or not us, I'm not in college, but those of us watching <laughs> that uh, it's been a long time since I've been in college, but those <laughs> in college um, or, you know, have started, you know, maybe one or two years out. It's really important to unpack and understand your benefits package to know what what is available to you through your employer or through the institution where you are. Like you may have right. resources on campus or through your EAP program, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, to definitely lean into those because um, one thing, sorry, this just came into my mind. I always tell people, especially when they're new to finding a therapist that you want to shop around like you do with other types of doctors, mm -hmm. you have to find a fit. Mm -hmm. Do you have yeah, thoughts about that? 
No, absolutely. You know, so it's it's so important to find, you know, you, you want, so therapy is for you to get better, right? If you're in a space where you feel like, you know, I don't know if this person's working for me or if this is going to, you know, make me feel better, find a new one, you know, if, if you can, right? Um, so I, I live in, you know, Southern California, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm in LA County. So you, you could throw a rock and there's a therapist, you know, uh, I, I understand that may be different in different places, you know, but now even with the pandemic, telehealth is, you know, big, it's huge, right? People meeting their therapists over Zoom. So you're not really limited in that way quite as much anymore. So I think that's, that's important. We have, uh, we have a question yeah. from a faithful listener, Miss uh, mm -hmm. Anita. Uh, she has, says, how do we break the stigma for youth, especially black and brown, to go to therapy or seek counseling? Mm -hmm. that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think it starts with understanding that, once again, mental health is a part of your health, right? So if you have, you know, a severe cancer, right, you're not health you're not healthy in the sense of healthy right the same thing if you're in the midst of a severe depressive episode that's that's not healthy right even even if you're not dealing with a heart attack or you know cancer or something like that that's still you know you're still not healthy so you need to you know focus on it right um i think just understanding that like it's not mental health is not crazy right if it, it, if it's if it's if it's crazy to go to a therapist it's crazy to go to the doctor when you break your leg <laughs> right. It's, it's the same thing. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to do so, you know, um, and you don't and you don't want to do that. Right. But I think it starts with, you know, teaching our kids um, about what they have access to and the roles of these jobs. Right. So I think a lot of people don't even hear what a therapist is. Right. Like if you ask the average middle schooler was a therapist, I, I don't know if they would even know what that is. Right. So making it something that's talked about, integrating mental health into curriculum, starting at a young age. Right. So, so parents know. Right. So kids know and parents know, you know, this is a thing. It's for them. Right. It's for their wellness and their their well-being. Understandable. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have a question from Peyton, another long time listener. How can and prepare themselves mentally for the corporate world. Uh, did any of you have any hard experiences at first transitioning? And I can answer that question. I actually did not. Um, I my, tr my transition from the corporate world to the uh, I mean from college to the corporate world it was very easy for me. Um, the only issue I really had was just dealing with the people because now I'm dealing with a whole new demographic. I came from um, HBCU, so I was. I was um, around black and brown people my whole college experience. So going into the tr to transition into the corporate world, you know, I, I was already around like-minded people who was ready to work and ready to get inside the workforce. So that wasn't an issue. The issue was just dealing with other types of people. And once I really understood how those people act and carry themselves in the workforce, it was just like, it was just blending in, you know, laughing jokes and Govern yourself accordingly so you won't lose your first job. So my transition was very easy. How about yours? Uh, I would say that my transition into, into my first job was not particularly challenging, but I had a pretty, uh, let's say, rough and tumble transition uh, once I became a mom. Because, you know, prior to that, a lot of my identity had been tied into my professional accomplishments and my academic accomplishments. 
which I know um, you talked about earlier, how people can be very wrapped up in their kind of professional identity. And so for me, it was like, oh my gosh, um, I became a parent in the middle of, it's sort of after several years of being in the workforce. And at the same time, I also had a really challenging management experience. And so that was a lot of change in a really compressed time frame. Um, one thing I will say that was very helpful to me is I think I already mentioned I'm team therapy. So I had a therapist at the time and that was already part of my life. Um, and I revisited it at that time. And I also had a really strong support network of other working moms uh, that I could talk to about their experience and strategies that they were employing that were specific to that. Um, but it, it was definitely, I would say that first year of motherhood and working for me was, it was, you know, you're going through a lot of physical and mental changes that you don't have a for. Like people can tell you, you can read books, you can have been around children, but until you, you know, regardless of how you become a parent, certainly not saying this is a mom specific thing, but um, you're, you're shifting roles. And um, for me, that was a really challenging year. And I navigated a, a bit of postpartum as well. So mm-hmm. uh, one thing I can say to current students and, and even recent grads is uh, cultivating a support network that you know and trust mm-hmm. before things are heavy or because you, you really don't know what's around the corner. Like there's no mm-hmm. way to know, hey, I'm going to be in a toxic work environment or, hey, I'm going to have postpartum. Like, nope, there's no like warning shot. You know? So <laughs> there was no warning shot for a pandemic. But one thing mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for is I have a really tight friend network that I know I can lean into or I can say, hey, y'all, check on me in two weeks. I'm going mm-hmm. offline for a little bit mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. know we know each other well enough to know when we need to mm-hmm. jump in, and we need to jump out. So I, I just think it, you, you can't overly prepare for everything, but you can put, um, support structures in place for yourself and consider that like, like we've talked about an investment in your health, just like going to the gym or, you know, going to the grocery store and getting some vegetables. Maybe you don't mm-hmm. eat vegetables all the time, but you know that you need vegetables sometime mm-hmm. and it has to be part of your diet. I think that, you know, mental health and wellness and, and it evolves over time too, because the things that I do now are very different than when I was in my early twenties. The things I need now are very different than when I was in my early twenties. And that's okay too. And, like knowing what that means and kind of evolving with it. Great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, someone I, said, your ultimate stressor is fear. Fear of admitting you need help makes seeking help worse. It's very real. Yes. It's a spiral effect. You just keep uh-huh. going. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing oh, that. That's, that's very real. That's very real. That, that's the first step. You know what I'm saying? Like re- realizing, you know what? Maybe I do need help. Right. Maybe I do need maybe I do need to do this. That's the first step, you know, and it can be a long, hard road. But if you start, if you if you can, like, admit that to yourself. Boy. Yeah. 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 That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can just say for myself, you know, therapy has just opened my life. <laughs> you know, like it, it just it just opened my life in ways that I didn't think were possible. You know, dealing with, you know, different problems, you know, growing up, um, it, it was nice to have somebody to talk to and still have somebody to talk to. And it's just made my life better. Yeah. yeah. And Lewis has said the 12 steppers say the first step is the hardest, which is absolutely yeah. true. So that's what anything mm-hmm. it just, it's that fear of the unknown, the fear of mm-hmm. doing different mm-hmm. and the fear of change. So once you yeah. really over those those things, 
The world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want. Absolutely. I will say, so the last question was about transitioning to the workforce. Yes. Um, I, yes. I'll say that, you know, as particularly if you're a member of a marginalized community, you know, um, go. I, so I've never been in corporate America. OK, I, I want to say that I've been in academia, that that's where I've been. So take what I say with with that knowledge. Um, you know, just just know that things that you experience in the workplace, um, you know, every, every you know, different people experience, you know, different problems. But like if don't don't question yourself. Right. Know that like experiences of racism, discrimination, sexism, there's documented evidence that these things happen to marginalized communities at work, right? Um, and a big part of what these, you know, racism does, right, is you go, wait, is it me? <laughs> right? Am, am, I, am, I, am I tripping? Am I crazy? Right? Just know that it's not you, right? And always keep in mind, no, 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 no. I'm not crazy. I'm qualified. I'm here. I work hard, right? It's the other people. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. We we greatly appreciate the conversations. We could talk all day about mental yeah. health. Mm -hmm. um, we we thank you, Dr. Doctor, so for for coming here and and really sharing your knowledge. And uh, we invite you back if you want to come back to the access point and, and do a part two of the, of the mental health topic. Please come back. We, we I'll can be back next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we, we we'll we'll get you in the schedule. We can we can sure. talk. Um, have a second part. If you, can think, if you think of anything else, please email us and let us know. Uh, Tiffany, where, where can people find you at to contact you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Tiffany I. Waddell. I'm also on the Instagram uh, over at Career Maven Consulting. So happy to connect there and, and talk it up and talk about transitioning to the workforce for anybody who's on. Great. Great. Doctor, where can they find you at? Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter also. You can find me on Twitter at GDayBam. I'll type it in so you can find it. Um, yeah, and I have a lot of fun on Twitter. So, Oh, I do too. I, I do. Don't talk about everything from Beyonce to politics. <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter as well at Ghostface Signal. And let me pull up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you can uh, follow us on Living Corporate and Living Corp underscore pod. I'll put that in the chat as well for everyone to see. Great. Awesome. Is there any one last word you want to tell the folks about protecting their mental health before we sign off? I just want to reiterate that, you know, attending to your mental health and attending to these things can really, really improve your life, right? In ways that you'll be like, why didn't I do, you know how um, you put something off for a really long time and then you finally do it and it takes five minutes and you're like, I could have done this weeks ago, right? <laughs> and I spent all this time, you know, having it in the back of my mind, stressed out about it, right? This is this is this. I think the same thing with mental health, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, feeling whatever, go on and do your best to get help, right? Because you'll realize it can actually make you better and just improve your whole life. Facts. All right. Thank well, you. thank you. We have so appreciated you sharing your time with us tonight. Thank um, you all for having me. Yes. Uh, everyone else tuning in or watching the recording later, access point, and we thank y'all for tuning in. Good night. Yeah. See you guys next week.